Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and I am off stage making sure that everything gets recorded correctly. And uh, on stage, we have Brian Cobley, our youth director. We have Scott Hetherington, a member of our speaking team. Wow, you guys have rehearsed that, haven't you? That was impressive. And we have Allison Oconee, our community care pastor. Wow, are you? Are, <laughs> this is the first week that you guys have all started your own little yes. animation to, to start. We I, texted and left you out of the thread just so we would have a nice, cool little thing to do up here on stage. Well, the joke's on you because I'm off camera, but I did it as well. Oh, so. there you go. I'm well, glad. Did you want to run over here and just and, and do something real quick? We, we I wait. would, but the, you know, levels and you know, camera. It's just, right. And yeah, you're all wearing the, the wrong jacket for this. <laughs> Once again, Brian, with like the fashion awareness, like something, I don't get it. <laughs> of all people. Brian. <laughs> Brian. Okay. Brian. I was going to compliment your, 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 your the third time today. You, the third time yeah. you're complimenting yeah. on this shirt. Because, and I know where you got it from. You got it from some weird vendor with a tent up the hill that they only have specials. In a van down by the river. Seriously? Yeah. Is that where you show up? You do. We're moving on in the podcast. We're off. We're off task. <laughs> but am I right? I I remember yes. his clothing where it came from. Brian <laughs> I wanted you... to steal his canvas. Jacket I had no on idea. Sunday. <laughs> Brian, he's wow. no longer on the transition team. You don't have to suck up to him anymore. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point. It's okay. You dress like a dad. Thank you. I try very hard to dress All right, like a so dad. So on this positive, encouraging <laughs> podcast yes. about went God's off the rails word. Quickly. Safe place. Yeah. Safe place. <laughs> Take three. No, no, we're leaving we're it in. This is raw, authentic. This is what the people come for. It's all good. Safe yeah, um, Scott, you preached on Sunday, Galatians 5. This is like your fifth or sixth sermon in this series. I feel like we've seen so much of you, which has been a great thing. Okay, Brian. <laughs> Brian, you've got to get on a serious page today. <laughs> yes, it's like, I think it's my fourth. Yeah. Fourth time in Letters to a Young Church. I did Galatians 5, 1 through 13 this week. Looking forward to Brian wrapping it up next Sunday. And then I'll be back the following week to close us out with chapter 6. And then we're done with the series. I know. And I think we could come back around to the series because there's actually a lot of letters to young churches in the Bible. I know, yeah. and I love them all. I know. They're good. So good. They should put them all together in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Epistles. <laughs> I love that. Um Scott, remind me, I put together your slides Saturday night, but what was the main point? I think you had three, right? You had three main points? Yes, and you yeah. always do this to me at the end of a long work day, and it's <laughs> for freedom, Christ has set us free. Yes. Um, stand stand firm, firm and guard your freedom. Yep. Um, resist the yoke of slavery. Dude, you hit it right on the head right there, all Those three Those are the them. three. That's I just great. took them right out of the verse. <laughs> <laughs> I was, my brain was like, not very creative that week. So I'm like, I'm just going to go with what God said. That's very creative. It's good, and I went with that. Thing. Yeah, I think that's a, a good rule to live by. It is. Preaching. It's a good rule yeah. to live by. That's <laughs> good. Um, you were telling us earlier you've, you had a, a busy week, and you've had a number of busy weeks with your job. But was this a, a, a difficult sermon for you to put together, or was it something that you found yourself kind of flying through the process? I, I think this one was not near as difficult as the hour and a half one I did the week before. Yeah. Um, that was a marathon, but that was a lot to cover. I really do say that. This one, um, I've spoken somewhat before it on this topic, and so it came together a little bit easier. Um, 
and I felt a little bit more, especially first service, I just was flowing a little bit more and a little bit more of my style. I didn't have to go right through my notes and really follow them very strictly. So I felt that it came a little bit more naturally this time around. Mm. And the nice thing is you, you preached, the last time was two weeks ago, right? Yep. So you've kind of, you've been very much involved in this series. So there's been a lot of of the building blocks that you've been able to work off of in these, in these talks that you've been doing, right? Would you say so? Um, yeah, I would think that I loved how in Thessalonians, we just built right off of each other. And I think there are some very organic um, strings and building blocks, as you call them there. Yeah. This Galatians been some, somewhat the same, but Galatians is so condensed that really it's the same topic over and over through a different lens. And that's that whole topic of freedom and not making works part of salvation. And it's just trying to come at it from a different angle that's applicable to us today. I was going to ask you that. Like, have you been experiencing that with Galatians like I have? Uh, with The sermon I was going to preach uh, last week, but uh, I thought Cliff was going to do a way better job than me. But as I was reading it, I'm like, are we just going to end up saying the same thing well, every single week? Yeah, I was joking a little bit that I felt like even this sermon, I was trying to say the same thing three different ways. But, you know... The idea that Paul was talking about is it was so foundational, everything that he had walked away from being a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. So he did not want anything in his life to feel like he was chained back to the law that had divided him and separated him from Christ. He was so humble and convinced about the whole belief that it is nothing I do, it's all Christ. And so now it's me in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why he's really hitting the Galatians with it. Because for him, if you lose the foundational truth of freedom in Christ then you lose everything that Christ did for us on the cross. And so it is repetitive, but it's, that's why he's doing it, because he's like, we can't let this go. Mm -hmm. mm. And he phrases it in different ways so that you get it. Like, I thought your illustrations this week were um, just so perfect, the way that they helped unpack the truth. So your yeast I example, love I yeast loved, example. I had never heard that taught that same way about a little yeast. It basically can affect the whole dough. A little, a little bit of something right. bad or off can just train wreck your recipe or whatever it is. But even if it's good, right? even if it's like the, too much something from thing. the law, you, yeah, too much of one thing is what leans us towards this legalism side mm -hmm. and overtakes the freedom of Christianity. But then if you put too much of freedom into it that, you know, Brian's going to talk about this next week. It takes you further away from the truth of Christ. You know what? I think I've been taught as a little girl that that yeast um, verse was for negative things in the body of Christ. So like that you don't want evil even a little bit because it will train wreck or, you know, how do they say it about the bad apple spoils? One bad apple the spoils the whole batch. batch. I think they kind of yeah. lumped that together with the yeast verse. So anyhow, I appreciated that. And, and I think that's accurate. Yeah. But I think also in the context of what Paul is talking about, like circumcision in the law, the law is good. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when you put too much of it into the salvation and mm -hmm. the justification process, you're ruining the whole thing. It takes everything away from it. Paul says that in uh, chapter 4 as well, um, when he's talking about them going back to what he I think he calls it. Like, Well, to me, it was like going back to the basics. But how did he put it again? But pretty much just going to elementary, elementary principles 
And when I was, when I was reading this, it also kind of had that same moment of like, I think I grew up in the church and just mm-hmm. kept hearing the law, the law, don't, don't live by the law. I'm like, oh, the law is so bad. Mm-hmm. But then looking at chapter four, I'm like, no, the law was good. It, it was good, but there, there's, there's something so much better in Jesus. And I think Paul's argument is, this is so much better. Why are you going to good? Like, don't, don't go. If this is so much better. Why would you go back right. to just good? And the law still is good because the law's purpose is to get you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind which should then lead us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the law, you couldn't get to Christ through the law. You could only get to Christ through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And that was the intent of the law, show us that we couldn't do it on our own. But Christ plus anything is wrong. Is wrong. So yeah. even Christ plus one grain of yeast law, Yes. when you're trying to work out your salvation or whatever, that is that's not good. Right. So even a little bit isn't good. Right. Or a drop. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think Paul, like, struggled with that? Because, I mean, he was, a, he was well-trained in the law. Like, I mean, if anybody could write this letter to the Galatian church, right. it's Paul. Right. Do you think he even struggled with that? Love. I wonder about habits, like ceremonial washing before, you know, they did anything, basically. <laughs> I mean, how, how much of your daily habits do you just do um, out of yeah. rote practice? And know? what did Paul say, hey, this was law, but this is also just good practice, so mm-hmm. I'm going to keep this, but like a heart thing, like I'm not doing this to earn anything. And just, I'm washing my right. hands because I'm it's actually hands. hygienic, <laughs> yeah. not to earn my salvation. <laughs> Germs, you know, those seems like a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if Paul struggled with it, and I'm sure Paul still adhered to some of the practices of the law. Having it was his whole culture, his whole you know childhood and adulthood growing up in that. I think what Paul was saying is what Allison just said: do not attach any of that to justification and salvation Mm -hmm. in Christ. You cannot do that. but I don't think that he was like telling people you couldn't follow kosher law or you shouldn't honor the Sabbath in a way that you feel is honoring or you shouldn't do these things. Just don't make it part of your justification and sanctification in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a cool thing to actually step back and look because I think it's so easy to say that Paul just stopped believing by the law. Like no. didn't, didn't do anything with the law. He, he lived mm-hmm. by Jesus. But no, it's, it's good. It's like maybe, you know, it is a heart thing. Like or what you're saying, like right. this isn't this isn't to earn anything, but like you said, good, good practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool. I've man, that's like thank you for that, Scott. Because I don't think my mind would have gotten there probably for years if we didn't have this conversation today. All because of yeast and pizza dough and garbage cans. That's hilarious, <laughs> and it is a little disturbing to know that the pizza dough is. That's all they were ever used for. They were never mingled with the garbage, garbage cans. They were. You're just telling me that to make me feel better. Yes. I don't believe you. (laughs) It's not open anymore. (laughs) Closed down to the health department. We get shut down by the health department. Totally. Uh, It was actually called Mama's Pizza, and it was a great pizza joint, and it was there for a long time. Wow. So I do have a question for you, based upon your verses. but has nothing to do with this, talking about law, and but here specifically it talks about circumcision. If I'm correct, hopefully I got the same correct, but didn't Timothy get circumcised? Yes, I believe he did, but Titus didn't, and that's why he brought Titus with him in Galatians when he went to Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah. And 
do you think Paul did Paul oversee that circumcision, or is that something Timothy did to? to I think I don't know the we ministry. Don't, I don't think we have that whole detail. I think Paul talks about it in saying whether you choose to or not not choose to isn't the point. The point is that you shouldn't have to do this. Okay, and that's where the freedom is in Christ. And if in freedom you choose to be okay, but it's not because it's connected to salvation or justification. Um, and that's what the Judaizers were saying is that great. You've accepted Christ. Now you must do this. It was that what Allison calls salvation plus one right? or two or three. You said that you grew up in kind of a legalistic church as mm -hmm. a kid. So were there some things that were ingrained in you? Like you must do things this way. And then when you, left the church, you kind of had to undo the practice, and it was like a moral thing, like, ah, I'm not doing my faith right. You know, it's, no, that's a great question, because I've, I've unraveled this over the years, and it's kind of interesting. Um, growing up in a legalism church, the legalism was more around what we shouldn't do. Oh, like don't dance, don't list, drink, don't girl, go, go out with girls that do. do. Yeah, or just <laughs> don't drink, don't dance, chew. don't chew, don't go that, out with the girls who do. Right. Yeah. I broke all those. Um, <laughs> and anyway... What I'm saying is it was more about what we shouldn't do. Okay. But then there was this expectation of unwritten things like how, how you dressed for church on Sundays. You went to Sunday morning service, Sunday evening service, Wednesday prayer meeting service. You were part of the Sunday school Bible memory program. You did a one as you did. There was these expected just norms of being a Christian that you did. Your hair was a certain length. For some women, they didn't wear pants. They could only wear dresses. So there was a lot of that. But for me, it was more about what you couldn't do. Mm. And then if you behaved in a manner that was, out, was in that realm, there was something really wrong with you. And did you feel shame too? Or were you too young because you were having a good time? My, <laughs> my mom would say, I never felt shame. I felt just more anger and rebellion. I'd be oh. like, don't you tell me what to do. Oh. That's, what it, that's what it got into me. And it created a confusion because... I was really aware, I've always been my whole life, I've been aware of people and like, you're not, you're not saying what you believe, you're not living what you believe. Mm -hmm. There was weird things that I was part of that happened and I'm like, that doesn't align with everything you're saying over here. Mm. Now, the strange part is when I started going more towards Pentecostal churches in high school, um, the Assembly of God and my friend's church, Living, Living, Living Bible Church, I felt a different pressure there that, well, you've been saved, but have you received the spirit of tongues? And they'd lay their hands on me at prayer meetings and try to get me to speak in tongues. And I felt this overwhelming pressure to either fake it or like maybe I wasn't really saved. So I experienced this salvation plus on both sides of it, mm -hmm. which for me coming out of high school into college, really, I just kind of set everything to the side for like two or three years. And I was just like, and I was in a Bible college going through Bible classes, hearing other things now, good theology. I'm like, wait. So I was confused for a while, but I don't, that's a long answer to, that's kind of how I experienced my growing up formative years. Really good foundation in scripture, but I didn't know how to navigate this whole thing I heard about a freedom in Christ. What did that mean? Never thought about it with the charismatic There's a lot of pressure leaning, there. But you're right. And then you're, you're thinking, if I don't do it... Empty. Then am I really not saved? Right. So that's interesting. I've usually heard it on the more conservative churches, you know, on rules that they may set up for believers, you know, to live right. by. Or you're not, you know, if you go to the further extreme, you know, healing. 
you're not being healed or this person not being, you don't have enough faith. Right. And I wrestled with that for so long. Well, I just don't have enough faith. And then right. I remember I heard Ken Hutcherson say once, you'll never have more faith than the moment you put your trust in Christ. Mm. That's the most faith you ever need. And then he says everything after that, mm. if you've got a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole different concept I started learning about. What does faith mean? <laughs> yeah, I had a... I had friends who I was uh, having back surgery uh, coming up. I think it was like the next day when I was telling my friends this. And they came up to me and was like, Jesus doesn't want you to have back surgery. And I was like, why not? I'm in a lot of pain. And they were like, like I was in a lot of pain. I, yeah, really totally. need, I really need back surgery for like three years. And I finally was able to get insurance to get the surgery. So I was waiting three years. And they're like, Jesus doesn't want you to have this pain. I'm like, well, what does he want? They're like, he wants us to pray for you right now and heal you right now. And I was like, oh, yeah. They're like, would you be willing? I'm like, yes. Like, if I don't have to go through back surgery, let's give it a try. And they prayed for me. I think I was standing there for like two hours, standing up. And as you guys know, that hurt my back even more, <laughs> just standing in one spot as they're praying, praying in tongues, just praying over me to heal me. And then afterwards, you're like, how do you feel? I'm like, like, Tired. I still need back surgery. <laughs> need to sit down. <laughs> and then, and they were like trying to tell me, like, you have to have more faith, man. I'm like, so like I remember the next day going to that like that that surgery where I'm like, man, like, am I letting Jesus down? Was that like, am I doing something wrong here? Yeah, it was a weird. That's even terrible. and I was, I think I was twenty at that time, and I was still like just super questioning, like, right, man. And and I knew like now I'm like no. Like Jesus wasn't saying I, not to get back surgery, but there was that moment of like, and he wouldn't have minded you asking like, Jesus, if if I don't have to go through this, this would be amazing and it would be for your glory. But if if you want me to do it, I'm game too. Right. Like I'll, you know, yeah, I'll do was, the thing. But it doesn't take two hours. Yeah, and I remember leading up to the when they were about to put me under, being scared. Like, am I doing the right thing? And then, you know, I was strapped and just ready for them to, right. to to do the job but i remember just super questioning like is this right and then and i think the thing up. is that that i hope people are not taking this is that i'm i'm like bashing both sides of the world that i grew up in within my experience <laughs> it's that i truly believe people were coming from from a a, a good spot of wanting to honor god and do right mm-hmm. things but that you take that now and drop it into galatians that we're studying the Judaizers were doing what they believed was in alignment with what God said. And that's where Paul was such a paradigm for them. He goes, no, you're wrong to make that part of someone's salvation and justification. It's not that God doesn't heal. I've seen people pray for people and healing happens right in front of me. I was like, wow, I truly believe people have the gift of tongues. But to connect it to something, especially in people's formative years of salvation when they're such young Christians that, well, now you should be doing this, this, and this, really can create a lot of doubt and wondering in people that isn't godly and that's not what it's meant for. And that actually enslaves them to a work rather than what Christ did. Mm -hmm. And that's where Paul was coming from, I believe. Well, and then side point, trivia, we are all three back surgery survivors. That's right. So I just, we've never had a hundred percent back surgery survivors or, you know, (laughs) on the panel. So L5S1 right there. I've never had back surgery. I'm sorry. Mine too. L5S1. Yes. Yes. I did not know this about it. Screaming sciatic, right? Yes. Oh, (laughs) terrible. 
If you want to be on the follow-up, <laughs> you need to We're have action. Yeah. That's Lord, why we have an initiation. That's why for you. Hayden is not ha- hasn't been on camera in so long. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had back. He surgery. doesn't qualify. There you go. <laughs> Hayden, get us back on the rails. Yeah, here. help us. Help us. We're Hayden. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, just one second. You guys got a little loud there when you were laughing, so I had to turn you down. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just it's okay. Peeling it's back right. the curtain. It's all right. Um, it's all right. Something that I was thinking about, Scott, was. Um, the last few times, maybe not the last few times, but I've noticed a theme that I've came away with from your sermons, and it's been the kind of the conversation of humans having this desire to avoid hell or get themselves to heaven, and the conversations of either, you know, these works that we do that can put us in good standing with God, or putting up those, what do they call those, uh, they're not uh, not rab- rabbinical fences. Is it, is it Pharisaical fences? You know, like don't work on the Sabbath. So that means you know do all this stuff the day right. before. Um, I'm curious. Is that something? I, I'd imagine it's it's a very much a human struggle that we all go through. But is that something that you identified either earlier in your life or currently that the whole idea of let's avoid hell by putting up these guardrails so we don't cross over into sin or Let's put in these works like, you know, being in the Bible every day, certain things that, um, you know, it's not faith, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing, you know? I'm trying to pull the question out of that, Hayden, and I followed your train of thought. I'm just trying to pull the question out. So I think what I'm hearing you ask is, is what is a theme that I've been going through or sharing through this that people try to figure out the works thing because they think it's going to help them avoid going to hell? Oh, so what I was asking was basic was, is this something that you are finding to be the theme in every scripture that you've been preaching for, I don't know how many weeks that you've, I've heard this from you, or is it something that you identify in your own life? I don't know if I've intentionally thought of that as a theme okay. through what yeah. I'm doing. No, that's a new thing for me to think about yeah. subconsciously. In my own personal life, when I was young, the idea of going to hell was terrifying um, that's why I probably got saved five different times in my own <laughs> mind. Um, but because you did, you didn't, it was, I grew up in a lot of hellfire and brimstone, which also gave me a good, healthy understanding of, I don't think we talk about hell enough these days that, you know, that separation from from God for eternity, whatever that looks like is going to be awful. It's going to be heartbreaking. It's loss. Um, but I think what I would want people to know is that there's really only one way to avoid hell and that is Christ and through Christ. Everything after that is not trying to avoid hell. It's trying to grow in your relationship and holiness with Christ. That's what I've tried to grow through my maturity since I've kind of like come to that knowledge way back out of college is that, oh, I don't have to live a certain way to avoid hell. I've already avoided it because I've put my life in Christ's hands through him. So now I need to just live in Christ. And I don't think that everybody makes that distinction right away. And that's why I think a lot of people put these guardrails and boundaries up, which are good. We need guardrails. For sure. I have guardrails and boundaries in my own life because I know if I don't, where I'm going to veer off the road. But it's not going to take me to hell. It's going to take me away from Christ and out of a relationship. Yep. And ultimately, that's what hell is. It's eternal separation from Christ. But we don't feel that deeply enough. So when we can paint pictures of 
you know, flames and torment, it may be that in the lake of fire, that conjures up more of a physical thing because we've all touched a hot thing before. But what I would want people to really realize is the agony of now you know mm -hmm. what you can't have. Yeah. And you never will be able to. And that is a more difficult thing to wrap your brain around. Yeah. If I could tackle your question, Hayden, mm -hmm. too. Because yeah. um, I think you're asking, is there things that we can see like that still being evident today? Yeah. Um, I think what oh, I... Oh, okay. I didn't what, that. What I noticed... What I noticed when I was uh, early in my faith, and I think I've said this excuse, but I've heard people <laughs> say all the time, um, you know, I don't need to go to church to, to be saved. Yeah. And I do feel like, you know, that saying comes from a lot, of, a lot of churches, a lot of people make it feel like that if you're not going to church, then you're not going to heaven. Mm -hmm. So I feel like sometimes even there's a, almost work-based yeah. to tell people you need to go to church mm -hmm. on Sunday, which we all know, like, it's a really important part of your faith and yeah. your journey to be in this community. But I do feel like in today's world, sometimes we can come across that way. Like yeah. if you're not attending a church on a Sunday, then you are not going to heaven. <laughs> it's funny because it's the flip side of the main point of the series. The, the problems for them are the problems for us, you know? Yeah. The problems yeah. then are the problems for us. So, yeah, I think I did a, I did a terrible job trying to put that question together. but my No, the way you just said it right there really made sense. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, and that was just something that I had noticed in the last couple of sermons. And I don't think you explicitly said that, but I just kind of noticed it was kind of guardrails on each side, right? And, and that was kind of just my thought. Was that, was that something that you saw in the text or was that something that you've also just gone through in your life? And that's why it's kind of came up again. So, yeah. I love the illustration of the runner you had talked about, um, you know, getting tripped up basically and that somebody can cut in front of you or cut you off and trip you up in your, in your uh, faith journey. And you talked about Mary Decker being the um, Olympian and somebody had just kind of cut her off, took her out. And uh, so anyhow, I, I appreciated that because it, reminded us of guardrails and how you don't want to be in a position where you get trampled or cut off. So Yeah, and there's another layer to that that you always ask, like, what things the night didn't go more into depth with? Mm -hmm. Because another part of that, another part of that analogy that if we'd had more time, it'd be fun to go down further was they were all runners participating in a 3,000-meter race. So more often than not, the people we get cut off by and tripped up by are people that are in common faith with us, oh. running the wow. same race. Scott, <laughs> ouch. And That's so what terrible. I'm saying, but what? here's what I'm, but here's what I'm saying is that we need to be prepared how to run with a pack and honor one another that if it's time to move in front for a while or behind somebody for a while and move in a pack together, we do it in a way where we're not tripping each other up, that we're wow. honoring the way we're running the race together. And mm. while some of us may need to get out in front and lead to set the pace, if we're going to do that and we need to move in front of somebody to guide them a little bit better, we do it in a way that doesn't trip them up. Mm. I would have been okay if you went to 45 minutes and included that. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that's the toughest that part good. of the discipleship process. Mm. How do I lead you without tripping you up in something that is works-based or not aligned with Scripture. Mm -hmm. I mean, we hear that all the time mm -hmm. in the church of people who have a, a story of they used to go to church, but then this. Like, I mean, the majority of the people not going to church got hurt by somebody 
in the church. Or so, told something that didn't align with something, yeah. or they felt it wasn't aligned with the truth they knew or something like that. Hmm. Wow. That's, Sorry, did I just bum real. you out, Allison? <laughs> that was no, really I'm, good. I'm like playing a Bible game in my head now because I was just reading somewhere about uh, restoring a brother who had been fallen into sin, and they were saying, be careful lest you like, get That's Galatians entangled. 6 that's coming Is that up. What it, I was like, where was that? Where <laughs> was Galatians that? 6, so it's good, coming it's coming up. 6-1. Yeah. But be careful up. so you do not fall yourself into So sin. that you don't fall yourself. Yeah. So I was thinking of that in relation to your track story and That's where I'm going with that, yeah. Did well. You, did you just read wow. that? Like I uh, Just recently in Galatians. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of synergy going on on stage right now. Well, we've been going for about a half an hour. I think it's probably time that we wrap things up. Um, any Anything you guys want to share in terms of... I mean, Brian, your sermon coming up this week or um, any sort of announcements, Allison? I would say I'm, I'm actually, I'm not joking. I'm really looking forward to Brian's sermon because I think it, I think it's a critical component of the freedom message that if you don't look at the other side, you can walk away thinking we can just do whatever we want yeah. in Christ. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it, it's a, it's a heavy, important sermon and I'm not just selling it that people should listen, but you really need to hear this last half of chapter five, because if you don't get that, you're not getting the full story. Like mm -hmm. Paul Harvey said, you don't get the rest of the story, and you need the rest of the story. So I'll be praying for Brian, because it's a very important message to deliver. Yeah, thank you. I, one of the things I'm struggling with right now, but uh, once I dig deeper into it, I believe the Spirit will lead me to the answer. But, you know, we're getting to the um, living by the Spirit and living by the flesh section where we're at, and I'm wondering the comparison between living by the law and living by the flesh. Like how did they can that both be the same? You yeah, can like, live by the flesh in the law. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to find that bridge of like, how did we get from like the, 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 the grace and law to the, the fruits of the spirit to the right. rotten fruits of the yeah. flesh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Um, other announcements, things going on. We have a thing called Easter coming up around yeah. the corner. Yeah. We're so excited about. But before we do that, we're going to do Good Friday and Lent. So um, we're still in there for a couple weeks. So loving that. Um, we're hoping that the governor opens up some guidelines so that we can have 50% population in the room here on Sundays instead of 25%. So we're looking forward to seeing more Arbor faces soon. We're excited. Awesome. And don't forget that we have children's program back in our church at 9 o'clock. So if those Ooh. of you who are watching have kids and want to come back to church in person, we have child care for you. No, not child. Oh, well, we. Well, child, sorry. Just... <laughs> sorry, it slipped out. Old training. Somebody once told me never call it chi child programming because it's like they come out as little robots, you know, like, you know, do, 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 do. But um, anyhow. What about care, though? You know what? I should I shouldn't have done that to you. <laughs> I am hoping it's okay, I didn't yeah. trip you up in your race. So. No, it's okay. Sorry. It's all good. I I know where you're coming from now when you explain that. So. Yeah, I, I've heard it that you don't say school anymore. Like Sunday school. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh. Well, I'm gonna close things up. Do you Children's guys have ministry. your goodbye animations ready, or do you not? Okay, cool. Well, thank you guys Peace so out. much for watching and listening well, to the follow-up cool podcast. And we will see you guys next week. 
Adios.